0: Good morning, Four Oaks Church. Pastor Paul here on a on a cold winter morning, January 24th, 2022. It's clearly puffer vest weather. And so I break these out the three or four times a year here that we need them, but I love wearing them. And I love you watching me wearing them doing this devotional. Anyway, if you're new to this, what we do is we take uh, 10, 12, 15 minutes every weekday morning and we starting at 8 a.m sharp and we unpack a portion of god's word and try to apply it to our lives to to sort of launch us into the day and what we've been doing this season is is kind of running concurrently with our preaching series through the book of romans that we've been doing on sunday mornings and obviously as you know if you've been with us there there's so much meat there there's so much meat on the bone so to speak with Romans, it's it's impossible to to devour that feast in one sitting. And so we take the passage from the previous week and the next week we break down little bits and pieces of it, things we may not have gotten to, things we didn't have a chance to, to touch on. And here we are in Romans chapter six. Now I didn't preach yesterday, um, Pastor Scott did, did a super job with this passage, but I wanna spend this week sort of fleshing out some of the implications of what Paul here talks about as union in Christ. And and we could spend a lot of time in a lot of different areas, but I wanna begin the week by talking about assurance, the assurance of salvation. And you've heard me say this before, that has to be one of the top three pastoral care issues um, that that I engage with and experience even personally, is this idea of assurance. And a lot of times people, when they talk about assurance, they're not so much talking about how to answer the philosophical, apologetic um, hurdles and challenges that are presented and and why we believe Christianity is the way, the truth, and the life uh, through Jesus Christ. What people were mean is, how do I know, Pastor Paul, that this is true for me? Um, I struggle with besetting sins or I have doubts and those sorts of things. And oftentimes, um, you, we can sort of get to the root of the nature of these assurance problems by how we respond to the to the following question or questions and again you go something like this and you've heard it before you're standing before god he asks you why um should i allow you entrance into heaven now as you're thinking about the way you would formulate that um that 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 answer um the first thing to note is what word does your does your answer begin with? Does it begin with I, or does it begin with you, or Jesus, or God? And, and And let me tell you why that's an important piece, okay? Oftentimes, the way we start that sentence will reveal something to us or betray something to us about the way we think of salvation. A lot of times, we think of salvation in terms of the quality or the nature of our faith right uh, i've been walking with the lord for this many years or um, i had this particular conversion experience um i place my faith in jesus christ i i trusted in him i'm walking with him i've been obedient with him now all of those are important in their own context and all of those can provo- can provide certain levels of assurance However, it's not the most important level of our assurance. It's not the foundational level of our assurance. And I wanna give us a way to think about how it is that we quote unquote know that we belong to Christ. In other words, if you are someone who is saying, yes, I recognize my sin, I recognize my, um, my brokenness, I recognize that I've I've rebelled against God. I'm now coming to Him for forgiveness of my sins. I'm now coming to Him for for mercy and grace and cleansing, and I want to turn from my uh, where I've been, and I want to embrace um, the abundant life that Jesus offers only through Him. If you're in that camp, this is does this, this is pointed towards you. If you're someone though, who is quite unclear about the claims of Christ or is not interested in the claims of Christ, Um, these words that Paul writes are not written to to you, they're written, they are written to you in a sense that you're spectating, you're listening, you're, you're eavesdropping, but they're really pointed to those who claim Christ, okay? And so what we're asking is, for those who claim Christ, how do they know that they are in fact saved by, Jesus. So let's let's go back in Romans chapter six. Let's begin at verse one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna read down here a few verses to kind of get us a running start. What shall we say then, Paul says? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who die to sin still live in it? Do you not know, and here this is a key verse, that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life, okay? Here's the key verse. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Okay, so I want you to think about how the Apostle Paul is answering this question, because I think that's in part what he's doing. He, he's showing the the Christians in Rome how the benefits of Christ, how they can be assured that those benefits are theirs, that that salvation is theirs. And it's very interesting that Paul does not point them to an experience, he does not point them to, um, How much faith they have, or the nature of their of their uh, or the quality of their faith, they or if they have a little bit of faith, a lot of faith. What he points to them, points them towards, is what happened on the cross, uh, for us two thousand years ago, for them some decades before that. And what the way that Paul describes salvation and what happened on the cross, I think, is oftentimes very different than the way that we think about. Jesus dying on the cross. Oftentimes we think about Jesus died on the cross to make salvation possible for people, right? And, and if they would only place their faith in him, then then they can be assured that they belong to Christ. Now understand, assure, uh, faith is, is, yes, a crucial aspect of what it means to receive the benefits of Christ, but that's, that's not what is first, okay, in the order of salvation. Paul says what is first in the order of salvation is that before we ever knew God, before we he um, before we ever had a relationship with him, before the foundations of the world, Ephesians tells us, we were predestined, we were elected to be adopted as his sons, to have the the death of Christ count for us. And the way that happened, Paul says, a look back at the text, is that we were actually united with him in a death like his. Now, this does not mean that this was some sort of ceremonial, like Jesus raised the flag for us uh, 2,000 years ago so that in hopes that we might join his army with he as our captain um, one day in the future. No, no, no. What it says is that Jesus's people, okay, the people who belong to the family of God, their salvation was actually secured on the cross. And the way that it was secured is that we were united with Jesus in his death. That means that when Jesus went to the cross, he didn't just have some general abstract, ethereal group of people in mind that he was dying for. He knew that he was dying for his people. He knew that he was securing their salvation. Now understand, this the 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 reception of this salvation experientially existentially personally for us awaits our faith which in fact is still a gift of god that he awakens in our hearts but the reason we even have faith is that we were he who were his people united with him in his death on the cross and paul draws out this amazing implication i just want us to be encouraged by this today he says um I'm going to find it here we are verse 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 5 for if we have been united with him in a death like his and that's a rhetorical question of course we have been united with him in a death like his we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his so in other words when Jesus died on the cross for his people he didn't just die with this abstract number in mind he he died for specific people okay and his people were united with him um, their death their sins were 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 paid for on the cross, and so that Paul is saying, well then, because salvation was purchased, made certain for you then two thousand years ago, and has been activated or received by faith, then most certainly, right, you are going to um, be resurrected. Most certainly, you are you belong to God. He's not going to forget you. He's going to raise you from the dead because, right, because. Um, He died for you at this point in time in the past, and not only did he die for you, um, he thought of you before the foundations of the world. You were in his plan. He united his heart to yours so that when Jesus went to the cross, he went to the cross carrying your specific sins, and when he rose from the grave, you were united with him in his resurrection so that when he comes back one day, we will rise again. and. This is kind of this can be a mind-blowing paradigm, right? For for some of us, because we instinctively think about assurance of salvation as mainly having something to do with us. God, why should I let you into heaven? Well, because I trusted in you, because I had faith in you. And those are important, but they're not the ultimate grounds of your salvation. The ultimate grounds of our salvation is because why should I let you into heaven? Because Jesus died for me. Because I was united with him in his death he took on my sins he took on my life he he conquered death on my behalf and i've received it by the grace of god and just encourage you with that today just to meditate on romans 6 if you're really struggling with doubts if you're really struggling with assurance that you would be reminded okay our assurance doesn't doesn't depend upon the quantity or even the quality of our faith. It depends upon the object of our faith, which is Jesus and what he has done for us even before we knew him. Okay, we're gonna continue to draw out some implications of this amazing text this week. Um, So we'd love for you to join us tomorrow, same time, same station, let me pray. Lord, we ask now that you would encourage our hearts with your word. Father, if we feel blown and tossed about by the winds around us and by our own deceitful hearts, we would look to you and remember that we were united with you in your death on the cross on our behalf. And because of that, we know that you'll never abandon us, leave us, or forsake us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody.